Hi, thanks for checking out this message from our River Valley Church family here in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages and inspires you. For more messages, be sure to check out our other podcasts. For more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Good morning. I'll try one time. Good morning. If you are a kiddo in the house this morning, I want you to make some noise on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. I love it. I love the adults. We need to take note of the excitement of our children. We're so glad that all our children are here with us. You know one thing I loved? I was just watching from the back and watching all the different generations worship God. And you know what's crazy? They watch us. And they see what we do, and they model it. And I tell you what, I'm so happy to be a part of this church who pours into the next generation. Um, I want to especially thank Kelly for uh, coming up with this idea to do this uh, every, every few months. Um, Kelly's our children's director. She pours into them. And today we're going to get to glean from um, our children. And um, I'm really excited about that. So parents of small children, my wife in the back, uh, any interruptions, any outbursts, they're okay today. We're not going to look at anyone and, and be like, why isn't that kid under control? Now, I will tell you, when I used to not be a parent, I'd always be like, why is that kid talking? Now I'm, I just go, I don't even hear it. I don't, it's, just, it's totally tuned out. So if you're not a parent in here, you'll get that gift maybe one day, but let's just make sure they're all welcomed and uh, received super well. Amen? Amen. Now, this is not one of our children, okay? It's not, it, you know. Although you'd be a really mature three-year-old. I'm a child of God. You are a child of God. We just received that, huh? But Tim was supposed to get up here and share a couple weeks ago uh, a pretty powerful uh, example about our DNA series. As you guys know, we've been in our DNA series for seven weeks. It's our seventh and final week. We've had some incredible teaching from Pastor Rod, Pastor Emily, Pastor Tim, a guy named Zach. And uh, we we are wrapping it up today. And we're going to learn a little bit from what our children have learned. But also, we wanted to get Tim up here because he has kind of an expertise that none of us have. And Tim sent me his credentials, but I have no idea how to repeat it. But you're a doctor of what, Timothy? Material science and engineering. And uh, did my research in DNA nanotechnology. Okay. I lost you, like, at the beginning there. But yes, (laughs) this is Dr. Tim Hashigan. He... um, now, when you, get, when you become a doctor, you get knighted as a doctor? How does it work? You get ordained? I don't even know. I mean, in Sweden, they, you know, they'll have a sword and they'll actually knight okay. you. Okay. Maybe we can do that myself, later for yeah. you. The kids would enjoy the they sword. They put a cool wizard robe over me, though, so that's they pretty did? cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Sounds like Harry Potter or something. We probably shouldn't talk about that. Anyways, Tim has some incredible perspective about this idea of DNA, and I wanted to have a conversation with him in front of you guys today because I think it not only applies to the, the core values we're talking about, but it applies to how we just, uh, our legacy, how we uh, carry on some of the traits that are innate in our families and how we actually change them. So I'm excited. So Tim, th- this word DNA, we, ha- we have a, somewhat of an understanding of it, but explain it to us laymans in doctorly terms. Layman's and doctorly terms? That would be interesting. Yes, here we go. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so DNA is really, really interesting. And first of all, I just want to emphasize, you know, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made by the Lord. Mm. Yep. And it's just so amazing how God put together our bodies, not only on a, you know, on a macro scale, like what we can see, but what is unseen as well. Mm. And so, yeah, that just that verse right there that emphasizes that. Can we have that up? Fearfully and wonderfully made. So, 
I'm going to dive into what's unseen now mm -hmm. and talk a little bit about what's DNA. So we all know DNA as the genetic code for our bodies, how our cells are made, how our proteins are made and all that. But um, none of us really get to see it. So all we really think of is just like a static, you know, they say a double helix and that's your DNA and it has your code. But let's take a look deeper at that. So can we pop over to the next slide so we can show the video? Oh, this is cool. Um, so actually, I, I brought a PowerPoint or a little laser pointer because all you know good scientists have to have that. I don't get one of those. Yeah. Is it because I'm not a doctor? Uh, I think so, yeah. Okay, all right. I want one of those. So anyways, this is the single strand of DNA, and this is your genetic code. It's coded with T's, A's, G's, and C's. And really, this is just a big string of molecules. And you can kind of just think of it, yeah, you have base pairs, so they pair together. And there's about three billion base pairs inside of a single cell. Billion? Three billion. Billion. Yeah. If you actually take one cell and you pull the DNA out, um, it'll be about six feet from that single cell. Wow. And you have 10 trillion cells in your body. Trillion. Which means, yeah, trillion. It's like our national debt. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's huge. <laughs> Sorry, not to be political. But 60 trillion feet of DNA, that's actually twice the width of the solar system. And so you have just such a huge amount. And it also shows just how small this is. Mm -hmm. This is on the nanoscale. It's very, very tiny. Um, so if we can go to the next uh, video here, we're going to show you how that DNA gets replicated in your body. So this is a machine. Wow. And it goes at this speed. This is the actual speed that it goes at. It takes about 40 minutes for your body to replicate uh, all of the DNA in a single cell. So you're saying at the time that we're going to sit here and talk, our, our body's replicating cells just like that fast? Yep. Wow. Yep, absolutely. So this is happening. There's like billions of these machines in your body, and that's just sort of splitting off one side, creating more DNA on the, on the right side, and then on the left side, creating a, a duplicate of that. So that's... Really, really interesting, quite mm -hmm. amazing. Six billion cells in our body. Every 40 minutes, they're being replicated and changed. Mm -hmm. But Tim, how does understanding what, you know, you're, you said you're passionate, I know we've talked a lot, a lot about this, you're passionate about taking science and inter intersecting it with the Bible and yeah. how that affects our lives. How does understanding who we are and how we're literally physiologically made impact us in our daily lives and our families? Yeah, so your DNA is really your legacy. So in Exodus 20, um, it really talks about the verse where it talks about the, the sins of the fathers being passed down to the third and fourth generation. And so what you do in life really matters as mm. far as your legacy goes. And that is actually seen in your DNA as well. So there's actually a, a whole um, field of study called epigenetics. And what was in that again? Epigenetics. Okay, that's too much yeah. for me, but yeah, okay. <laughs> Um, but in that field of study, it actually talks about um, different areas of your DNA that can get turned on and off, just like a light switch. And so I'm going to show you that process right, right now. Um, so this is the DNA, and there's like little bundles of these histones, and it's wrapped around. You see it's coiled. Those are turned off. So we have proteins that can come in here and grab onto the DNA and actually tag that little bundle. It's like one of my son's cartoons or something. I know, right? You see that green tag right there? It just added that to this signaling to release it, to like let it unwind. And when this happens, um, it activates the section. Yeah. 
Wow. So that is the process that's going on in your body constantly. Um, and it's all dependent upon what you do in life. Um, so really, the things that you go through, the traumas, the, the addictions, the, you know, the things that you go through as a person really affect this whole process. And that's what gets passed down to your children. Yeah. So I'm not a doctor. Again, I'm not Dr. Zach Brogdon. I'm just Zach. So what you're saying is, if, I, if I'm understanding that, the things that we encounter in life, the choices that we make, the experiences we have, they mm -hmm. actually are being programmed into our cells, into our DNA, and then literally passed on to yep. our children. So yep. for some of us, that's super comforting because there's these awesome and amazing things that, that mm -hmm. might be in our genetic makeup. But for some of us, that can be challenging, whether we've had a challenging you know, upbringing or we've been we maybe battled with addiction or other mm -hmm. things. So is there ways that we can actually change this programming in our body, Tim? Is there hope? Yeah, absolutely there is hope. Um, the later verse, the later part of that verse in Exodus uh, 20 actually states that if we rely on God and obey His commandments, that He'll bless the thousand generations mm. down. So this process is completely reversible. So what you, what you go through negatively in life will affect it, but what you do in terms of growing in freedom mm. will actually um, change your DNA and pass on a legacy that you want to pass on. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that awesome, church? Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. Um, Tim, now, as we think about this, I know a lot of the time, you know, we've been talking about uh, in this seven-week series the word repentance and changing mm -hmm. the way we think. How do our thoughts and what we think about and dwell mm -hmm. on impact this process of rewiring our mm -hmm. DNA? How does that work? Yeah, sure. So if we go to Romans chapter 12, um, really it tells us, you know, um, renewing of the mind, what we dwell on, what we think about, really changes the way that we think. And so dwelling on good things, dwelling on positive things, dwelling on the Lord will really change how we think. But it does more than that. You know, it, you can rewrite your history. Wow. You know, God can rewrite your history as far as your memories, your thoughts, and how you process things. Mm. And when you do that, um, it not only changes your brain, but it's changing your DNA as well. Wow. And it's, it's, it's causing you to, to have something to pass down that's positive, not just um, in the negative. So, Isn't that cool, church? Yeah. Um, are there any questions for Dr. Tim Michigan? Any questions? Sam, I am. Absolutely, it does, yeah. Wow. It's working 24-7. Wow, wow. Yep. Any other questions for Dr. Tim? I'm just going to keep calling you Dr. Tim. Actually, it's funny. It, while you're sleeping, it, it also repairs your DNA. And so uh, that replication process, there's like one defect in every, I think it's six billion um, replication pairs. And so um, that one defect will be, will be also repaired in your sleep by other processes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. How encouraging for us. And, and I think as we process this, Tim, what's, what's the exciting part is that we can, we can change our legacy. Absolutely. We can change the legacy that we pass down. And so, church, I, I want you to do this. I want you to uh, just get with someone next to you. Maybe it's your kiddos. Maybe it's not. And I, I just want you to talk about um, what, what you pulled from what Tim just shared and, and the legacy that you guys have and the opportunity to pass down. Maybe some of the things you struggle with. Maybe some of the things that are good. But what that means to you and the people around you. So we're going to throw a 90-second timer up. I just want you to digest together what Tim just said. Before we do that, can we give Dr. Tim a big hand? for coming up and sharing with us. Yeah. Thanks. Very exciting. Okay, throw that 90-second timer up. Find someone next to you and talk about this idea of legacy. We hug them.
Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. special guests, but two extremely special guests with me. I have Sam Enos and Charlotte Chamberlain. I, I just want you to know it takes guts to be up here, okay? It takes a lot of uh, just bravery and courage, and so I want to give these guys our full attention. We want to hear what they have to say, and, and let me tell you this, church. We firmly believe that our, our children teach us so much about who God is and how to live for God, how to process things. And we, we can learn so much from them. Just because we're older doesn't mean we can't be learning from them. So I'm excited for what Sam and Charlotte have to share. Sam and Charlotte, our amazing children's director, Kelly, has taken us through some core values that we've been learning here, but you've been learning them back in children's church, right? Is that right? Yeah. Awesome. Oh, speaking of the mic, guys, hold, hold your mic up. Yeah, they want to hear you. And we have a couple, that have a couple values that you guys really uh, have been drawn to. And Sam, I know the first one for you is, is we love people, right? Yes. You, you, when I said, hey, can I get a volunteer to speak up on, on stage? You said, I want to talk about loving people. So what, what does that core value mean to you? What have you been learning about that? Um, I think just um, you've kind of been learning, like, how to put other people before you mm. um, and how, like, going with someone else's needs, if, like, really that's not really what you want, but that's what's good for them. So I think that's kind of what love is. Amazing. Amazing. I love that. And Charlotte, for you, um, one of the things that you wanted to share about the core value that stood out to you was obedience. We obey this idea of obeying God and what he has for us. Uh, what, what is, what, what's that been doing? What's God been doing in, in your life with that? And, and what does that mean to you? I think, I think obeying God to me means like to show him that you believe that he really does exist. Mm. It's so cool. So cool. I love that. I love that. And Sam, um, you know, sometimes loving people can be hard. Yeah? It's not easy, uh, right? Yeah, especially if they're not the nicest to you. It's mm. a little hard. Yeah. We won't name any names, right, out there? No. no we won't name any names. Okay. Hopefully it's not me. How do, you, how do you love people when it's hard to love them or when they might not be the nicest? Um, sometimes I just think, um, I just think, like, they, if they're not the nicest, that, like, maybe if you're nice to them, they might be a little nicer. Mm. Um, and 
my favorite Bible verse actually is Matthew 5, 9. It says, those um, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Mm, so good. And so I just feel like sometimes I need to put other people before me if it's not what I want. What a beautiful picture of love, huh? That's so good. So good. Charlotte, obedience is not everyone's favorite topic in here, huh? <laughs> right? It's not mine. Certainly not my children uh, in the back. But obedience is important, right? Why is obedience so important? Um, and how is that, um, how are you handling that, uh, you know, in your day-to-day life? I'm, hand- I'm handling it by, like, praying and talking to God. Mm, awesome. Awesome. And, and, w- and Haley, I know, um, you know, you and David, um, as you journey as parents, it's not easy, right? And obedience can be a, uh, something that we, as we discipline and we provide structure and guidance, it can be a challenge because we want to be doing that in a godly way. How do you and David just walk with Charlotte in that? And what are you seeing in her as she grows uh, in this area? For sure. I love how the Lord comes alongside us to parent. Praise God. Mm. Could not do it without him. And one of the things that he has taught us that we have now seen reflected in Charlotte is just the softness of how he corrects. Mm. Um, he's not harsh. He's, he's good. And the way that we have seen Charlotte respond to that is just um, with a soft heart and quick to repentance, which is such a lesson for me as an adult mm. to keep my heart soft mm. and to be quick to repentance also when we feel that nudge, that, mm. that adjustment, which mm. is what it is. And so... We've seen that a lot in Charlotte, even just in the last six months of really learning how to respond quickly to that, to the spirit of God, to the correction, mm. and to to train your heart to want to obey. That's amazing. You know, children give us such an interesting and incredible paradigm into how God loves us. It's so beautiful. And as we discipline our children and, and provide structure and provide guidance, we're, I, I at least will speak, I'm so keenly aware of my shortcomings and my flaws as a parent. And so keenly aware of how perfect God is in the way he parents. I love that you said you said patience and kindness and gentleness as he parents us. Wendy, I know um, Sam has, Pastor Sam, I want to call him. Um, Pastor Sam has, you know, we got baptized. What a, what, a, what a month. I mean, we got baptized. We're teaching back in children's uh, service. Um, but I know that this has actually been playing out not in the, not, always on the stage or in front of people, but it's been playing out in his day-to-day life. How are you seeing Sam loving people on a day-to-day basis? Oh, man. So a few, like a couple months ago, Sam came home from school, and he's like, on a Friday, he's like, all my friends are playing this game called Duolingo, and they're learning Spanish, and he's like kind of always wanted to learn Spanish, and so we were like, yeah, we can get the Duolingo app, and so he started that weekend, like, just playing tiny bit here or there, and um, then it was, like, Tuesday, right after that, he got a new kid in his class who only spoke Spanish, like, zero English, mm. and it was really cool because he came home from school that day, and he's like, Mom, I am so excited. There's a kid in my class who only speaks Spanish, and now I can learn Spanish to help him out, and it's just really cool to see, like, his dedication and his sacrifice, and he saw a need in somebody else that was so practical, and he's, like, worked really hard to learn Spanish to help this kid in his class and to be a friend to him and to just really show love to him even when it was really hard to communicate. And it was just a really, I don't know, it was really eye-opening to me to just think, like, okay, how in my life am I going out of my way to show love to people? It was just Mm. a really good 
example and a really cool, like, opportunity for him. And I think it was just such a God thing that, like, not only that this kid was put in a class with somebody who cared, but also, like, for Sam, like, what a cool gift to be able to make friends with somebody who's, like, you know, I don't know, to be a friend to people. And Sam's so done good. a really good job of that. Mm, so good. Our children teach us how to, how to follow Jesus every day, don't they? Every day. Can we give Sam and Charlotte and, and Wendy and Haley a big round of applause? Awesome. Congratulations, guys, for being up here. So we love people. We obey. You just heard from Sam and, and Charlotte here. So I want, I want you guys to talk amongst yourselves. Take another 90 seconds. And, and how do we love and obey people? Go ahead. Go ahead. some more guests with me up here. And by the way, church, one of the reasons we do this, one of the reasons we allow people to share testimony, one of the reasons we get different speakers up here, you notice we have a very diversified teaching platform, is because we believe that we're all the church and we all can learn from each other, all right? And that the Bible was not only meant to be read, but is meant to be read and interpreted and talked about in community. This is just one version of us not teaching all the time, one person to everyone, but, but kind of teaching in groups and, and learning together. And that's why we want you to converse and we want you to talk. So just want you to hear the heart behind that. I have some very special guests up here again. I got Mr. Levi, all right? Oh, Levi, we got we to gotta get, big, get a bigger. I got Mr. Levi up here. You guys all know David, his dad. All right, they're not going to cheer as loud for you, David, okay? And then I got two of the best the best-looking young man in Idaho, okay? I don't know their relationship status, but if you have a niece or whatever, I don't know where they're at, but it's like changes by every hour. But I have a couple of our young adults. I have Mr. Nate Jolliffe, and I have Mr. Carter Fortin up here. Let's give them a round of applause. Um, by the way, if you're not familiar with our youth ministries, that they, they meet on Wednesday nights. We have our middle school and high school ministries that meet Wednesday nights, and then our young adults, which uh, Nate and Carter are a part of. They meet Sundays uh, after church, and it's just a really, really, some really good thriving ministries that we'd love for you to be a part of. But, Mr. Levi, we are going to start with you today. Um, I asked you to share about the value of we serve, and I know you've had some really interesting experiences here over the last six months to a year, but when I, when you hear the, the phrase, we serve God, what does that mean? Um, I feel like it means, like, you love people as much as you can and do Whatever God tells you to do, mm. just spread his word in love. So, so. good. So good. Uh, Mr. Nate, um, I asked you to share about the value we live in radical faith. Now, I will, I will be honest. When I first came to River Valley, I was uh, a little intimidated by your faith. 
uh, and, and even the heart that you have and the, and the lengths that you went to in worship. I got to spend our Mexico mission trip with you and see how radical your faith is. But what does it mean to live in radical faith? Yeah. Um, so when you first like asked me that, I honestly was thinking about it and I was like, that's, that's a good question. I have no clue what it means to like live in radical faith. <laughs> We've done a good job teaching yeah. through this series, haven't no, we? No, exactly. <laughs> um, so I was like, I'm just going to look it up because like sometimes you just don't know. So look it up so you get knowledge on what it is. So um, what it said is, nah, I'm completely spacing right here, but okay. um, it had said that it's like living in radical faith you're only able to do because of who God is. Mm. And, like, I thought about that in, like, a worldly perspective. So, like, I can't live in radical – well, I can't have radical faith in, like, a – let's say a football team because mm-hmm. – Love football? Yeah. Well, PSU um, won last night. Rare. Yeah. yeah it was rare. No, first time for everything. Um, but, no, like, I can't live in radical faith for something like that because people fail you. Mm. And football teams fail you, unfortunately. Um, I know. Yeah. My team stinks. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you can't live, like, in radical faith for that because – people are flawed and so they will fail you but if you live in radical faith for god which is the only thing you can live in radical faith for because he's perfect mm. Mm. yeah he's he's not going <laughs> to fail us right yeah. he, he's not going to let us down even though sometimes mm-hmm. circumstances around us are challenging and we know we can trust in the goodness of god therefore we can live in radical faith is that, yes. that kind of what you're saying that's what i was trying to I say i love it yeah. i love it thank you Nate. very profound very profound all right mr carter the man with the good vocal cords and the talent, talent on the guitar. Um, I wanted you to share a little bit about worship. And I know we're up here on the platform and we're singing and we're, you know, we're praising God. But when, when we say the phrase, we live to worship the king, I know that has a very uh, big meaning for you. Talk about that. Worship is more than just singing, and it's something I had to come to reality with because I, I did worship in high school. I went to a Christian school, and I did, the, I did worship a lot. Are your parents pastors? Or? No. No. no okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. So is, is this I, your first time at church? It is. It is <laughs> okay. my first uh, week. Okay. <laughs> Sorry I don't, I don't know why I'm up here, to be honest. <laughs> I don't either, but. <laughs> no, but living, Worshiping God is a lifestyle. It's it's a mm. day-to-day choice. And it doesn't it doesn't have to be singing, it doesn't have to be an instrument. It mm. can be serving others. Like all the things that we've talked about, serving, loving, obeying. Like these are all acts of worship. Worship is just glorifying God. And that's something I had to really figure out because mm. I started doing worship for the youth group and I was like I just I couldn't Chris kept talking to me about it. Pastor Chris um he goes, it's like, sing like there's like, you're not singing for an audience. You're not singing. You're not playing. You're not doing anything for people. You're doing this to worship God, to give him the glory. And so mm. it took me a while, but I got to this place, and I'm still learning. I'm still getting on this. I'm still on this road. Um, but I come to a place where it's not about you guys. Sorry. It's not about you guys. It's not about me. It's not about my parents. It's not about my friends. It is only about him. And so mm. I can... I can lean on that and say, God, even if I suck today, if I mm. play the wrong thing or sing the wrong song, I don't know. Like, I can lean on him and say, God, I'm just giving you my best. This mm. is my best. And so that's what worship is. It's just giving your best, get glorifying him in everything that you do. So good. So good. That worship is a lifestyle. I love that. I love that. Levi, now, you've, you've been worshiping a lot as a lifestyle this last six months. You got a chance to go to Mexico on our mission trip. Um, 
and you've had some opportunities just even in your school and, and in your daily life. What are some of the opportunities that you've had to serve God by loving people and serving people, and how has that helped you grow uh, in your relationship with God? So in Mexico, we went, they had two spots. We went to the uh, women and children's shelter and the build site. So there were times where I would help with the build uh, sometimes, just like painting, nailing, whatever they needed me to do. Mm. Uh, we ended up giving that house to a pers- to a family who needed a house, like a proper house. And then at the women and children's shelter, they were doing projects and whatnot, and there was a lot of kids, mm. a lot. So they needed some people to watch them, and that's what I would do when I was there. And uh, it was a lot of fun, and you just share your love with those little kids mm, so by cool. watching over them. So. Did it feel good to serve the Lord in that way, to bless those people? Was it, was it a fun experience? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Now, Dad David, not Pastor David, Dad David, watching Levi serve in your family, at his school, in youth group, and on these trips, what is that teaching you, not only about who he is, but just what it means to serve God for you? How is that teaching you, watching him? Yeah, your, your kids always um, challenge you to the core because a lot of times you see yourself and your kids. And so whenever he, he just gives so freely in a lot of areas, especially at school, like that's something he just tells me about all the people that he interacts with and that he loves, even those who aren't like the outsiders, the fringe kids. Um, he's reaching out to them, and to see him doing that is like, my son can do that. Why can't I? Why, why do don't I Don't you hate that? With, don't yes, you hate when that happens? Just, just a little bit. Daddy, be um, nice to that person. I don't want to be nice to that person. I don't want to be nice to that person. He cut me off. I know. <laughs> do I have a River Valley sticker on this car? I don't like, drive with one of those. Can, can I, I do, can, can I make that hand God gesture? told me I don't have to drive with one of those. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can't. But... Just the way that he serves and his willingness to say yes to what God asks him to do. I don't think that it's even like what I ask of him always. Like I can see God moving in and through him in the way that he serves others. And that's just so encouraging and inspiring to me as your dad and as your youth leader too. So mm, so cool. So cool. <laughs> Mr. Nate, um, like I said, I, I admire your radical faith a lot. In your radical faith, God's put some interesting things on your heart. I know as we were um, just working side by side in Mexico, you, you've shared what, what God's prompting in you and calling in you, and, and just even watching you worship, it's always inspiring to me. So, But there's got to be some challenges living in radical faith, right? And really, you know, you've talked about wanting to go on a mission trip for a year. Um, you've talked about wanting to you know, do more international missions. But what challenges do you face to live in radical faith every day, and how are you overcoming those things? Yeah. Um, so when, when you asked me that question, there's like one, I guess, instance for me that like really came to my mind is, uh, for me at least, it's, it's gonna be different for everyone, but it's challenging for me to live in radical faith in like my relationships, I guess, mm. uh, especially at work, because. No one out there struggles with that, so don't worry. No, it's just I you. didn't think so, I thought yeah. it was just me. Okay. Um, but like a lot of the time, People at church don't, I mean, at work don't share the same beliefs as you. Mm. And so sometimes it's hard to kind of bring that up. And like me, I'm a very 
people-oriented person. Like, I love hanging you? out with people. No way. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I love talking to people and being around people and, like, getting to know them. And so uh, one thing that came to my mind, uh, one of my, like, bosses at work, like, third down from running the store is, like, we got really close. Like, she used to work at Dutch Bros. I used to work there. So they're like, oh, yeah, we got kind of close. And so I was actually talking to her. She's not atheist, but she's kind of said she's very not for religion. Hmm. And so I was like, okay. And I kind of just like put it in the back of my mind. And then I was like thinking about it later. I was like, I did that because I didn't want to be like talking to her about Christianity and think that that's going to mess up our like, tough balance yeah. at work, right? Tough because like tough I don't want to bring that up. Yeah. And then her be like against it. Sure. And so it kind of messes things up. And so for me, that is a huge challenge in living out radical faith because like I don't know the outcome. Sure. You don't know if people are going to react to you. I don't know if she's going to fire me, if she's going to, I don't know. Right. And so for me, that's super hard being like, hey, I'm a Christian. Or like, you don't even have to say that, but like, can I talk to you about this? Something like that. It's hard. What if God told you to share the gospel with her, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to say that out of work. And then like you see her the next time and she's like, I don't know who that kid is. Sure. So that was one place that I've been really challenged in. Yeah. That's awesome. Carter, um, yeah, living, you said living a lifestyle of worship daily, moment by moment. What, uh, what does that look like in your life? And, and kind of similar, Nate, what, what are the challenges you face with that? You know, we're, this life, we can get busy, we can get distracted, but how do we, how do we live that lifestyle of worship as a young adult in Boise, Idaho? And, and how are you overcoming some of those challenges? Yeah, uh, like you said, it's a, there's a lot of distractions in this world, and that's something I've been really working on. Uh, my phone is a big one. Um, it, no one out here struggles. Yeah, no one, no just one me. But it's such a, distractions pull us away from what God wants us to do. And if, if the devil can use a phone to, to stop you from talking with somebody, or I was, I was talking with one of my coworkers, Chris, over here, and we're talking about elevators. Elevators are really awkward. Because um, we work in a hospital, so we're always around people. But when you're in an elevator, there's a conscious choice to either get on your phone and not talk to the person next to you, or you put your phone down and say, hey, how's your day going? And so it's really, it's those places of, like, you're nervous and stuff like that. So the distractions, your phone. And so within that, like like I said earlier, serving and, like, loving people, that's all, that's all love that's all worship. Sorry. That's all worship. And it brings glory to God. So if I can put my phone down and I can talk to somebody and just like, see how they're doing see how their day is going. Like that's worship because I'm, I'm showing love to somebody Mm -hmm. I'm giving the glory to God. Like I'm not saying, Oh, I'm this good person. I'm going to ask how you're doing today. I'm I'm doing that because I want them to see the love of God through my life and just to feel appreciated, like feel something like Normally, you don't talk to somebody. Like, if I said, hey, how's your day going? And they say, pretty crappy. And you're like, that's horrible. Like, I'm sorry. Like, let's, like, can we talk about it? And you get to meet meet a new friend. You get to talk to someone new. And if you're living at a radical faith, you could say, can I pray for you? Ooh. Like, those, like, that's something that I'm really nervous. I, I, it's so scary Mm. to say those things. Because you're like, do I want, like, do I want to pray? Please say no. Yeah, yeah, please please say say no. no. (laughs) Just say, like, no. Okay, good. Okay, good. I didn't want to either. 
But have you ever tried doing that like at a restaurant to your server? Like, no. Right? Yeah, that one's really. That scary. one's so And then scary. Even, you have to leave a good tip. After exactly. That. That's really, the thing. It's like, come no, on. that was the tip. Was the prayer. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, and a great quick little story. My coworker Chris was talking to me. Can you tell he's a pastor's son, by the way? Can you tell? Okay. <laughs> anyway, Chris was telling me a story at work, just a patient there. And this guy, he was pushing him around because that's what we do. We push people around. It's really fun. And he literally turned around to my coworker Chris, and Chris, and he said, can I pray for you? It was the patient that said that. And I know Chris and me have had lots of conversations about it, and he was like, that was so, like, like crazy, because you just don't see that. You don't see those acts of faith. And so the guy prayed for Chris, and Chris just told me about it. And I was like, I want to do that. I was like, why can't I do that? Like, I'm in a hospital around people probably in the worst days of their life. And I was like, why can't I worship God, give glory to God, pray for this person? And I, I, that is what I'm striving for. I'm living on mission. What we've been talking a lot about at River Valley is mission, living on mission. And I think worship is a part of mission because it is a lifestyle. It's a day-to-day choice. So you're choosing it. You're living this mission out by worshiping God. And so that's, I think, the biggest challenge for me is that fear fact. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to pray for mm-hmm. that person. I don't want to, I, okay, I sing a lot at work, and all my, I have two co-workers here right now, so they know that a lot. I just sing, and I, I sing worship songs, I sing a lot, and they're like, why are you singing? You're in a hospital. Like, you're working, mm-hmm. and it's because I, I, I just love to sing. That's how I give glory to God. It's a gift that he's given me, and so I can, I can sing out of that place because I'm free. Like, it's not like, I'm not, doing it for myself. I'm not doing it because I want people to hear my voice. I'm doing it because I have a gift. God's given me this gift, and so I just sing. I worship, and so that's what it is. It's a life. It's the things that God's given you. Use those gifts. Mm. Preach. Yeah. Preach. I love it. Isn't it so cool to hear from some of our teens and young adults and just be inspired by their testimonies? Can we give all of them a big round of applause? And as as they make their way down from the platform... I want you to take these things that maybe some of their testimonies and just chat amongst yourselves for another 60 seconds or so, and then we're going to wrap it up. Kids, you've made it. We're close. All right, but yeah, chat amongst yourselves super quick.
Was that fun? Is it a little more fun than listening to a guy like me stand up and talk for 40 minutes? I, I, equal, Jeff, are you sure? Thank you. You help a special place in my heart. So, Well, again, I want to thank you guys for being here this morning. I want to thank you for you know, just doing something a little different this morning, a little unique. It was so great to hear from all those people that shared. And, and it was, it's equally as great to watch you guys converse amongst yourself and process these things and dialogue about these things. And, and we just firmly believe here, the leadership here at River Valley, our staff, our elders believe that living life in community processing God's word and what he has for us in community is the only way to really truly follow after God, uh, that we, we are meant to be rooted and together, and our very rootedness is our mission. It is what translates God's love to the rest of the world. I want to read you um, this, this from John 13, and, and as, as all our kids and our young adults were sharing, this is what God gave me. It says in John 13, verse 34, it says, a new commandment, this is Jesus at the Last Supper with his disciples, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And church, this morning, I, I want to sink down deep in, your, in our hearts that that church, the very gathering that we have, the very commitment that we have to be together is loving one another, okay? It is loving one another. It's an expression of loving one another. Um, a lot of, and I fall into this, a part of our testimony is that after we left our previous church, we struggled to find a home church, and we would do church online, and, and for some of us that can't make it or, or can't be there online, the online option is great, but there is this, this essentialness of being a part of a community where there is love and service and worship and joy all tied into one. It is literally how we advance the gospel today, is to literally be together, not to listen to songs or to sing songs, not to hear preaching, those are good things, but to do life together, to serve, to meet needs, to have, uh, you know, I have the Jollofs I see sitting back there, they, they watch our kids, you know, the Lashways. Uh, girls wash our kids and, and pour into my children all the time. This morning, Jen, I don't even know if you know, but, but Kai's watched you pray so many times over me and my wife, and Jen's struggling with, with her back right now, and Kai went over and put her hand on Jen's hand and prayed over her this morning. And that's community, guys. That's being rooted in community. That's not a sermon. That's not a song. That's literally watching people do life together, being committed to doing the day-to-day -day life together. And that is our heart of being rooted at River Valley. And if it's not at River Valley, can I tell you? We just want you to be rooted somewhere, okay? We want you to be rooted somewhere. But um, I, I love uh, D.A. Carson. Uh, he kinda, he's a big-time theologian. He has this quote, and I just want to read it. I want to end with this this morning. As we think about our core values, as we think about who we are, as we think about why we exist right? Why, why our church exists, how we've come together. And he says this, the church itself is not made up of natural friends. What binds us together is not common education, common race, common income levels, common politics, common nationality, common accents, common jobs, or anything of the sort. Christians come together not because they form a natural collection, but because they have been saved by Jesus Christ and owe him a common allegiance. That's why we're here, church. In the light of this common allegiance, in the light of being saved by Jesus, and in the light of the fact that they have all been loved by Jesus himself, they commit themselves to doing what he says, 
and he commands them, he commands us to love one another. In this light, they are actually a band of natural enemies who love one another for the sake of Jesus. See, everyone in here that you're sitting next to, maybe it's across the aisle, they might not be the person you choose to hang out with all the time. They might not be the person you want to go grab lunch with or go grab dinner with or, or go on a trip with. Ooh, that's a big commitment, right? But the people here have one unique identifying characteristic that you have in common is that we have been saved and loved by Jesus. And the way that we repay him, the way that we bring honor and glory to him is by being a part of a church community and loving each other just as he loved us. A lot of times we think the gospel is really challenging, it's really complicated, we think serving God's really, really complicated, but can I tell you, church, it's actually very, very simple. Find some people in this room to do a little bit of intentional life with. When they're struggling, when they're sick, bring them a meal. When they've got a bad back, go pray for them. Take care of their kids, go to dinner with them, meet, the, meet their physical needs, their emotional needs, and their spiritual needs, and, and that is the, how we advance the gospel, is how we bring glory to God. Amen? Amen. And so... Um, we're excited as a church to continue to f- just sow this into our DNA and to rewire what we think about church. I love what Tim was talking about, that we can literally rewire, because church is not a person like me standing up here from a platform telling you what to think. The, the expression of church is not, you know, Carter or Haley or Jen up here uh, singing a song, okay? It's not a program, even though we have incredible programs in our teens and our children our young adults. It's not those things. It is our commitment to one another. So, um, would you stand with me? I want to pray over this, and we're going to get out of here um, a little early this morning. Kids, you made it. Thank you. But um, if you feel so led, just, just put your heart in a posture and your hands in a posture of receiving this morning. Heavenly Father, as just a church family who wants to please you and serve you because you have loved us and saved us, God, I just commission a blessing over all the people here, God, over the families, the children, the fathers, the grandpas, just everyone here, God, Lord, that that we are committing to being rooted in relationship. We are committing to uh, uh, being um, a part of this local body, God. We are committing to raising up the next generation. God, I I just pray pray a a special filling of of your Holy Spirit over our church. God, I pray that you would uh, give us the strength, the commitment, the love, the patience, the, the ability to not just come in a, and attend on a Sunday morning and then walk out the door, but the ability to really love each other as you first loved us, God. It's hard, it's challenging, it's not natural for us, God. But God, I'm praying over, over every person in this room that we would have a burden and a heart to love each other. And by loving each other, the world would see who you are and how good you are. Bless us, Father, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen. Awesome. Hey, have a great Sunday. Thanks again for listening to this message from River Valley Church. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by it? Make sure to share it with them this week. Again, for more content from us, please check out our website at rivervalleyboise.com.